Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Bear Necessities podcast. We're excited to have you back with us. We have a full list of topics today, the first being a review of the Kevin White era of the Bears. And then after that, we're going to go into the bulk of the show, which is an open discussion about whether or not Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace should be fired following the 2020 season if the Bears once again underperform. This may seem like a little bit of an easy topic to discuss, but there's a lot of complexities that many Bears fans are not considering that Reese and I bring up during the podcast. But before we get into the podcast, we want to let you guys know about a couple updates that are coming really quick. Uh, The first one being that we're going to be having Foz Sports Talk on the podcast uh, sometime in the next week or so. He's going to be coming on and doing a segment with us called We're Livid, where we just go in on all the bad Bears takes and really just dismantles some of the unnecessary media criticism. You guys know that here at the Bear Necessities, we try to give you the most realistic perspectives rather than the most fan-oriented perspectives. And even with that, there's so many NFL media personalities that are just absolutely shitting on the Bears for reasons they probably don't even understand themselves. So look out for that. And then in the next coming weeks as well, we're going to have many other of your favorite Bears social media influencers. This is a very exciting time to be listening to the Bear Necessities podcast as we've been growing very exponentially lately. And we're just we're looking for all the new opportunities that we possibly can to grow the podcast and connect with the Bears community. If you have anyone that you would like to have on the show, go ahead and email us. Our email is in the description of Apple Podcasts. As always, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, and just give us some more feedback. Go ahead and you know leave us a rating and review at the bottom of Apple Podcasts. That helps us out as well. Tell us what you want more of. We love to hear from you guys. We want to connect with the community. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Chicago Bear Necessities. We're going to be able to give you guys a little bit more quick takes over there and really be able to connect with our audience. We really want this to be more of a family and group discussion rather than just Reese and I just talking to each other. So we'd love to hear from you guys. Go ahead and leave us a rating and review and follow on Instagram. And with that, we have a great show to get into. So enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. We're back at it once again. Our last episode is doing really, really well. So we appreciate all the love and support you guys have been giving us. Uh, We're growing constantly. Um, I'm a little bit exhausted because I just got off a two and a half hour Zoom call uh, for my statistics class. But uh, other than that, things are going really well. How are you doing this week, Reese? Doing good. Yeah, I just uh, got really hot here uh, in Chicago. You know, I'm sure as all many of our listeners understand. And uh, man, it's been it's been kind of it's been good to have the the heat back, but. It's not fun to be sweating 24-7, so (laughs) not enjoying that. Yeah, I can definitely feel that. It's been extremely hot here as well in Los Angeles. Luckily, a lot of the beaches are actually not populated at all, even though they're open. They have a lot of uh, different regulations that, you know, you're allowed to go in the water, but you're you're not allowed to stay there and stuff like that. So luckily, I've been able to actually be outside a little bit and enjoy the sun. Um, But other than that, it's been it's been uh, it's been a tough one trying to figure out how to work out correctly still during this time it's it's been very uninspiring uh we'll we'll keep tracking this you know i'm sure our listeners are gonna be very curious in hearing about you know our workout habits and how we're trying to stay in decent shape during this whole this whole event absolutely and the update currently is not well not well but <laughs> but let's go ahead and get into the show okay the first topic is you know, Kevin White, he uh, 
somehow he managed to emerge on Bears Twitter and Bleacher Report, a name that, man, I haven't heard in what, like two years now, and I was happy to not hear. He came out and he did an interview talking about his whole obviously being a bust in the NFL and his difficulty um, actually being with the Bears and going through, you know, a good season where he didn't perform well and everything like that. And one thing that he said in that interview was, I'll play for the Bears for free because he just, he wants to prove to the fans that he was worth the pick. Where, what do we even, where do we even begin with this, Reese? I don't know. It, it, it's interesting because, I mean, he shows... I mean, he shows like a lot of a lot of humbleness, you know, and about he's very honest and upfront. Like he realizes that he is a bust, you know, in basically every sense of the word. You know, unfortunately for him, he was stricken with injuries. Basically, mm-hmm. every year he was never able to play a full season, and he was a high first round pick that came with a lot of Seventh expectations, overall. but. Yeah, there was a lot of expectations there, but there were some red flags as well. I mean, coming out of West Virginia, there was a lot of talk about his great athletic prowess and his ability to stretch the field, but he wasn't known as a prolific route runner, and that that was an issue, you know, aside from the injuries. It was an issue. He wasn't really able to do much even when he was playing. I think someone threw up a statistic out there at about $50,000 for every yard that he gained <laughs> when he was with the Bears. So, wow, when you think about that, it's pretty crazy. I just think it's interesting and it's very odd for him to kind of come back up. I, I damn near forgot about him, to be honest. I, I saw Kevin White today and I was like, All right, whoa. <laughs> I mean, it's like a flashback in the past, to be honest. Yeah, you know, obviously, I remember right after his draft, it came out about his injuries and how he was going to be able to play for the entire season um, and everything in regards to that. And he obviously, he honestly showed some flashes in some of his, I think his second year in the preseason before he undoubtedly got injured, uh, finally was able to, you know, stay somewhat healthy with the Bears during his time with Matt Nagy. Um, and, you know, ultimately, he was... A player that I think would have turned out a lot differently if the Bears didn't have those horrible injury issues with John Fox that Nagy and a new conditioning staff were able to really hammer out. Um, you know, I appreciate that Kevin White is so cognizant of everything that went down and so humble and wanting to really prove something and saying specifically for the Bears, he'd love to come back and show something. Truthfully, I don't really think he's going to amount to to much once you have that much psychological damage football is a, is a is a very big mental game outside of the physical aspect the mental aspect of the game is is incredible it's extremely it, it takes a lot to be a professional athlete at that level on the mental side i mean we look at mitch trubisky who you know traits wise is a really good player but um, mental wise not not the best uh, we talk about him needing to learn how to play football uh, wake up and learn how to play football how Ryan Pace hopes for him um, but ultimately Kevin White I wouldn't mind if we brought in brought him in for training camp just to see and the only reason why I say that is because you want guys with that sort of attitude to you know, be on the team. And, you know, he is a good guy. He's always been a good guy. Um, and I just, I think that he could, I think giving him this like fresh start with the Bears where he's coming in as an undrafted free agent might actually be good for him. Um, he's got talent. He's, you know, prototype wise, he's, he'd be a really good fit for the Bears right now with some ambiguity at the wide receiver two position. Who's going to stretch the field? We don't really know. So, I mean, 
if you want to bring him in for a, a player can't actually play for free, they obviously have to pay the veteran <laughs> minimum. Um, but bring him in on a veteran minimum contract just to see if he wants if he can do anything in training camp. Honestly, I wouldn't be horribly against it. He's going to have an uphill battle though with that wide receiver room. Yeah, I think I think his his offer and and what he's suggesting is very noble and honorable. I mean, obviously saying he played for free. I just I feel hard pressed saying that I'd like to see him back on the roster and just you know taking away a spot from maybe like a younger guy that can mm-hmm. prove something. Not not that Kevin White is is old by any means, but he's had his run, he's had his shot, and unfortunately. You know, it didn't go as planned. I know he made statements, you know, like he was always asking God, like, you know, why did this happen to me and stuff along those lines. But, you know, with all that aside, I just I'd rather see someone that maybe is just coming out of college or, you know, you know, just has something else to prove. You know, to Mm -hmm. me, he's a little bit of old news. Personally, that's just kind of how I I see it, you know, and why, in my opinion, I think it's actually something that. I could see where if he stayed completely healthy, right, and, you know, he plays to his potential and grows under a naggy system, there is a little bit higher a ceiling. But in my opinion, to, like, where, where I see him right now, there really isn't that high of a potential for him for what, like, the risk could be, like, on mm-hmm. the media side of it. You know? Yeah, that'd be bad. I just see it possibly bringing a lot more negative than, like, any good that would bring in. Absolutely, and I think that's those are all very fair points. You know, I think the model... Kevin White should look to right now is the Brashad Perriman model where he was drafted by the Ravens. Um, if I'm correct, it was the Ravens that drafted him, went to the Browns for a little bit after being a complete bust with the Ravens and, you know, played pretty good, ended up finding him, finding his way down to Tampa Bay and had a pretty decent season. Um, I'm not saying Kevin White is a, a com- like I mean obviously he's a bust but I'm not saying he's he can't play the game but you know it's it's gonna be a stretch he's gonna definitely fight an uphill battle um I think one thing he also said in his interview was that he checked out mentally a couple times in Chicago which I'm sure left a really bad impression on Matt Nagy and I mean if we're talking about other wide receiver options you could possibly bring into camp I mean Josh Gordon is available Antonio Brown is available I'd rather see them go ahead and take a chance on someone like that even though they're you know they're obviously nut jobs Antonio Brown's straightened out a little bit um but specifically with Josh Gordon I mean you don't really have to worry about the weed in the NFL anymore because they they're uh they're not they're not they're they're not doing the test for weed anymore you're not going to get banned for it so you never know what Josh Gordon he'd be pretty damn good next to Allen Robinson I'd say yeah I mean that'd be interesting and man I bringing someone like Antonio Brown here with the Chicago media. And I was going to touch on that a little bit anyway with just the Chicago media. It's interesting to kind of track how it is. And and we kind of do carry some like characteristics of it. You know, I feel like we're generally very real with the bears because you know, the bears in the past, besides like the 2018 season, haven't really given you much reason to ever believe in them. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think we talked about that pretty extensively when we talked about the Trustman and John Fox era that, there were just some really lowly times, you know, and I think you said that during those years you had been like elated with an eight and eight finish, you know, you would have just been over the moon mm-hmm. about it. So, I mean, I think it's, there's a lot of pressure playing in Chicago, maybe not quite to the same as playing in something like a, a media area like New York, 
Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of pressure in Chicago. I mean, we demand a lot of, you know, our sports teams, even though they don't often produce, you know, but we have been treated, you know, with the Blackhawks and, you know, the Cubs, you know, but, Cubs uh, and the Sox and the Sox. Yeah, for, Bulls, for and, Sox Bulls in the 90s. I mean, I know we're, yeah, we're well, a little I mean, young for that, but. Yeah, let's not talk about the Bulls now, though. I mean, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully back in the right direction. But, uh, yeah. You know, I think it's it's interesting. I think bringing someone like Antonio Brown, that'd be crazy just to see how he'd interact with the Chicago media. You know, Josh Gordon, I think, I, yeah, honestly, I, you know, as far as his issues with uh, weed and all that, doesn't doesn't personally, I don't think it would be a overly huge issue. I don't think it would strike any any huge chords with the Chicago media. Although I think there would always be concerns. And honestly, it's just something unlike the Chicago or the Chicago Bears to do. Right? Mm-hmm. They generally seem to try to bring in very good, like character players. It's just kind of something that the Chicago Bears are always about. Even though you know they've had issues with players like Sam Hurd and <laughs> you know various others in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you know that's definitely benefited them having really good character players in the locker room. I mean, one player you look at specific. I mean, one one example of this benefit is obviously last season. Uh, the Bears had every single reason to just give up. And it seemed like even, you know, at the end of the season, they were, they're fighting, you know, and, and that's, that's really beneficial. You saw how, how good of a team they were in 2018, how much unity they had. When that's, that being said, though, you can absorb some sort of, you know, quote unquote character issues. I don't even really know if that's what I would call Josh Gordon's issues. I think Josh Gordon's issues were uh, mostly an addiction issue. Um, which I mean, it's it's debatable if that's character or not, but it's it's definitely some driven more in a, some sort of mental illness rather than him being a bad person. Um, but as far as the Chicago media goes, you know, I get kind of sick of them because you it's very divided. There's either the media team that's you know way too ecstatic about the Bears all the time, like everything is good about the Bears. There's nothing bad about the Bears. There's the other. There's the other side that's everything's horrible about the Bears. You know, like I swear to God, if we would have brought in Tom Brady this off season, all the media would be like, "Does Matt Nagy really believe a 43 year old quarterback is going to save him or whatever?" Like, it's just it's always what it is, and it's very pessimistic. And you know. Besides 2018, there hasn't been a lot proven that the media should be excited about the Bears. Yeah. Um, but I think that's going to change this year. And ultimately, I think that we're going to have a really good season this year. But that's going to bring us to our next point. If we don't have a good season, should Nagy and should Pace be fired? Because first off, we talked about this a little bit briefly, but it seems like it's a topic that needs to be consistently touched on and, you know, thought a little bit more in depth about than an average football fan might. An average football fan, if the Bears have uh, another 8-8 eight eight season, is going to be calling for the heads of Nagy and Pace, just like the rest of the Chicago media. Um, but it is a more complex issue, and there's a lot of variables going into it, specifically relating to the quarterback position. It can be kind of hard to see you know, how good a team really is when they don't have a quarterback. You look at the Ravens uh, pre-Lamar Jackson, the coaching staff definitely did not look as good as they are now. Um, and then also... The Kansas City Chiefs pre Patrick Mahomes clearly Andy Reid was always looked uh, in a positive light, but he was never seen um, maybe in the way as like this is a guy that you want to keep around. Clearly, he was fired from the Eagles. Um, so 
obviously a more complex issue than one might think. The first person I want to touch on is Nagy. Reese, what's your initial thoughts on this? Yeah, so, I mean, I think initially, like, early on in the podcast, I'd said that, you know, if Nagy had a down year, you know, that I'd want to see him out, you know. But, I mean, I kind of, not that I'm completely going back on that, but I guess I kind of, like, brought new criteria and different thoughts into it. You know, I was watching one of the game replays of the 85 Bears and all that, Mm -hmm. and it kind of made me realize that, like, even before they won that Super Bowl, they had some pretty, like, mediocre seasons leading up to it, you mm-hmm. know? It kind of took them a while. I, you know, 1981, they went 6-10, and 82-3-6, and 83-8-8, and, and then 84, they finally started to do better, 10-6 and six before they finally got to 15-1, and one, and then, of course, won the Super Bowl in 85. You know, and I think we kind of see it a little bit in Kansas City, too, you know, like, just how important it kind of is to let a system kind of get in place mm-hmm. and kind of let it grow and just even kind of develop that culture more and yeah. more. You know, so I was thinking kind of like, you know, Nagy has shown some promise, a lot more promise than, you know, our previous coaches have. And a lot of teams, I mean, we've seen the, kind of the rut that the Browns have gotten themselves in by constantly just cycling through different, you know, coaches with, you know, different As they did again this year. Exactly. I mean, they kind of, and it's kind of what keeps them at the laughing stock. I mean, everyone can kind of see it from an outside perspective that they really need to do change it up. And they are realistically desperate looking, desperately looking for someone that can, can fulfill that, that they can hang on to for more than a season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, someone like Nagy, who has shown a lot of promise, I, I don't agree with everything that he does. You know, I do put a lot of the blame on the fa- of the failures of last season onto him you know, and his you know, really constricting the playbook and, you know, just not working with Trubisky well. But I do think that there could be, you know, even if they have a little bit of a down year this year, there could be some real value in retaining him and kind of keep believing in his system so he can really, you know, really build it. You know, Nagy is, this is going to be kind of revealing on what's what's going on in the rest of the episode, but I would, I think that if this season goes really bad, I would lean towards more heavily firing Nagy than Ryan Pace. Um, but it's going to depend a lot for me as to how the offense works. I don't think I really care all that much about the Bears' record in this evaluation. More or less, it's going to be about, does the scheme look okay? Like, did we see an improvement is the biggest thing. Now we have Nick Foles, Okay. He's not a great quarterback, but he knows Nagy's system. And I think Nick Foles was a really good strategic move by Ryan Pace because we're actually going to see a fair representation of what Nagy's system can be when he has an okay quarterback that knows the scheme well. So from an evaluation perspective, this is a really good move uh, by Ryan Pace because he's going to be able to actually see the effectiveness of Matt Nagy and should give us a lot more clarity as to what the actual issues are. Um, I believe in Nagy. I'm going to just come out and say it. I think that he is going to succeed. And I think especially if Foles works out or it seems like next season. It, it one, one thing that's really interesting about this season is I think regardless of what occurs in 2021, the Bears are finally going to get their quarterback. Like, I think regardless, if it's Nick Foles, I don't know, but there's a ton of good quarterbacks in the 2021 draft. So I think going into next season, we're going to have a quarterback. 
So, yeah, I believe in Nagy, and I really believe that if he had a quarterback like Lawrence or Fields in the draft, that he could have a really, really good, really, really good uh, scheme. I don't foresee any great options to replace him yet either. Um, I don't know. There's some possible replacements. Eric Bieniemy, another Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, of course, he has had a ton of success with Patrick Mahomes. Um, the one name that I could say would be a really good option possibly is Lincoln Riley. I think that Lincoln Riley would be a really good head coach signing for the Chicago Bears, especially, I mean, imagine having Lincoln Riley then getting either like Lawrence or Fields. And, you know, college coaches don't have the best record when it comes to transitioning to the NFL, but um, the game is so much closer to college now. Like it, it, it's just, it's so aligned currently that I think that it's most possible for that to work now. Um, and I think also obviously with like Matt Rule becoming a head coach, we're going to see uh, for sure if it, if that is the case. Yeah, I think too. I mean, Pete Carroll, I mean, of course it took him, you know, two like shots at it, mm-hmm. but I think he's proven that too. I mean, he, it didn't even take him too long to find that success. I want to say yeah. it took him about three years for them to, to reach that first Super Bowl, And, you know, they're pretty much a perennial contender now. I mean, I think the teams that they've fielded recently haven't been the best and, you know, they probably got a little bit lucky with picking Russell Wilson, but you know, there's always a little bit of luck involved in sports, you know? So, I think it would be interesting to see, you know, Lincoln Riley, you know, man, what university that I want to say that he did coach Nebraska for a little while. Is that what it was? Currently? Yeah. Where is he? Where is he currently coaching? He's currently Oklahoma. Oh, he's currently Oklahoma. Man. Okay. I don't know why I was thinking Nebraska. (laughs) I know that Scott Frost is right there right now, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it'd be interesting to see, you know, Bringing, of course, Oklahoma has, you know, they had Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, kind of really good quarterback development, college quarterbacks. And I think that each of them excelled in their rookie year. I guess we're going to have to see how Kyler Murray does in his sophomore season. And of course, we saw a pretty big drop off from Baker in this past season. I don't think he's necessarily, you know, done per se, but. It'd be interesting bringing in someone like Lincoln Riley, you know, that the Bears would have a lot more wide open of an offense even compared to like what Nagy's is right mm-hmm. now. A lot more spread the field out, really utilizing the uh, the width of the football field. But I, I think with, with Nagy, I, I don't think that he'll be fired at the end of this year. I mean, I agree with you. I think the Bears will at least perform well enough where, you know, he's not axed. And uh, I, although I don't necessarily, I mean, I, we're transitioning a little bit in the pace here, I guess, but I don't necessarily agree that if Nagy failed, that Pace would necessarily be safe. I think that Pace has done a great job of building this defense. Um, I, it's definitely something, you know, we talked about last week with Erlacher. He talked about mm-hmm. um, that he admires that Pace has built, you know, built it from the defense being a defensive guy. But, you know, clearly offense is something that, that has been an issue for the Bears for, uh, for a long time. And there's been some, you know, short-sightedness. And of course, the failures of pace are noted. I mean, Trubisky is obviously out there. But I think that if the Nagy era is deemed a failure, then that has to be yet another failure um, for 
for um, Pace's reputation. I mean, it was his guy that he mm-hmm. was able to pick. You Fair can't really enough. blame him for John Fox because he wasn't able to to bring him in. But you know, it was, it was his handpicked candidate, and you know, if it falls down and crumbles, then that has to go on to him as well. I think Pace is a good GM. Um, I would definitely like to see him improve, especially in some areas of the draft, drafting high. We know we've you know, definitely said that that's one of his weaknesses. But I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And I think a lot of it, you said, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean the record. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's probably a very, very strong point to be made. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with the eye test because I think that the Bears could finish with a similar record, record as 2019 but look a lot better, you know. Sure. I feel like there was definitely some games last year that the Bears won that were just kind of like sloppy, sloppy wins. You know, they lost a lot of close games and maybe they could have had a couple extra wins and been a playoff team. But I think a lot of people would realize that they definitely wouldn't have deserved that. Um, So I think that the Bears could finish with a similar record, especially, you know, even if, you know, if Trubisky improves, that looks great on both of them. It looks great Mm -hmm. on naggy and it looks great on pace if Foles takes over and looks better i mean it shows that yeah naggy's system can can work and it can succeed and we just need a quarterback that you know better understands the offense and is able to really open up that playbook and it also looks pretty good for for pace as well that he was able to bring in someone that could at least show what this offense can be and then hopefully going out there and pick up someone that can make it better in the future you know if Nagy puts together an offense that is below 25th with the talent we have, he needs to be gone. Like, no no questions asked, you know. Like, this offense needs to be better. We, we can't be at the bottom of the league again this year. We got Nick Foles, and sure, he's not the best guy, but you, you worked with Alex Smith, and he's not the best guy either. Um I just I think that we just needs to see I he needs to be above 20. He needs the Bears offense needs to be above the 20th best offense and that would give me some confidence. And the biggest thing is like I don't even know for sure if I have conviction on Nagy and Pace, but I have enough conviction that I believe that if they can get a quarterback in 2021, they can do a good job with them. And if not, quarterbacks don't tend to there's never been a quarterback that has won the Super Bowl in their rookie year so you're not you're not really wasting anything you might as well you can just turn the system over at that point and hey at least you have a quarterback now all that I have to say um, about Nagy uh, before we move on to Ryan Pace is that he has shown us he can coach in in 2018 he did a really good job coaching he he his offensive scheme made up for a lot of the Bears' deficiencies at quarterback. I don't think the pairing between Nagy and Trubisky is good, and I don't think you can necessarily blame him if the quarterback uh, and Nick Foles doesn't work out the best-case scenario in 2020 uh, anyways. So I would feel comfortable really based on any sort of record going into uh, 2021 with Nagy at quarterback because in my head, he'll finally have a quarterback to show if he is completely uh, capable yet. And I know that's what Nick Foles is supposed to be, but still, like, there's something different about getting a rookie quarterback than having Nick Foles. Right. And I will ask you this, kind of based off of, like, 
there's a lot made of that Nagy, even when he came in, like Trubisky wasn't really his guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he was all about kind of like Mahomes and he liked what he saw from Mahomes. And when he came here, he didn't really want to work with Trubisky that willingly. Do you think that the relationship between and like the chemistry between Nagy and Pace is like the best? Do you think that Pace really does a good job of providing what Nagy wants and needs? And is that kind of like reciprocated? Because I think it's kind of an interesting dynamic to look at it that way because yeah. it is something that's important that the GM can give the head coach what he wants so he can, you know, utilize his system mm-hmm. to the fullest ability. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I think I think Nagy and Pace are a really good pairing. I, I know that outside of football, they're really close friends. Um, they talk to each other all the time just on as a friend on a friend friend to friend basis. Um, the one exception to this, I think, of course, is the quarterback, because when you draft a quarterback, pretty much unless he's just absolutely terrible, like Paxton Lynch, right? <laughs> you have to ride out that rookie contract. And I think that the fact that Pace was willing enough to bring in Nick Foles, even though he had a guy in there that he drafted very high, shows that he does have Nagy in his best interest. And I think ultimately he is going to end up, I do think that Nagy and Pace stay after this year. And I think that Pace is finally going to give Nagy the guy who he wants to coach. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. I I think that they do, they do complement each other pretty well. I think, Sometimes it maybe seems like there's not necessarily friction, but maybe like a little bit where they're kind of seeing things in a little bit different direction. But mm-hmm. I don't think you're ever going to get that complete harmony, um, even on the best of teams. So I, I think that it's something it would be interesting if they do kind of falter you get, uh, a little bit this year. Sometimes the blame game does get played a little yeah. bit. So it'll be interesting to see if any of that happens. And, you know, as Bears fans, it'll be. It'll be interesting to see the rhetoric that is used, and it's kind of you can usually see it in post game interviews. You know, just the way they they word things in particular. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can necessarily say, "Oh yeah, I didn't have the right personnel out there to to win today," or mm-hmm. you know, something along those lines. Yeah. Ultimately, I just think that they have a good relationship, but Trubisky is just impacting, it. and it's just something that they've had to live with. They've already invested a lot of time into him. Pace has worked on building a team around him. Um, it's it's unfortunate, but it's a uh, it's a reality. Um, but before we actually move on, one quick question I want to throw up uh, throw on to you is if Dak Prescott ends up, I think I th- okay. Let me start this off. I think Dak Prescott has a very good opportunity of playing for a new team next year. Why? He's on the franchise tag. He wants a lot of money more money than the Cowboys probably can offer him. And the Cowboys just signed Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is a good quarterback. And it would not surprise me if Andy Dalton is a better quarterback for Mike McCarthy than Dak Prescott is. Because Andy Dalton, he's not Aaron Rodgers, but in a similar mold, he kind of is. He's he's mobile enough. He's accurate enough. And he can execute a high-level offensive system. Dak Prescott, uh, he's... He's the biggest, uh, I would say he's the quarterback that NFL fans have the most differing opinions on as to if he's good or not. Some people say he's top 10. Some people say he's bottom 10. It's it's really hard to say. But do you think if Dak Prescott gets free next offseason, the Bears should pursue him? You know, I, 
I guess I'm some, I'm one of those people that kind of lies in the middle. <laughs> I'm one of the few people that are kind of in the middle. I think he's kind of a, I think he's an average passer with some athletic ability, with, mm-hmm. with a lot of good athletic ability, not just some. You know, a lot of good athletic ability. I think that he would be a decent scheme fit for yeah. Maggie offense, especially running RPO. Like, it's something that, you know, he's done well in the NFL, something that he did really well in college, really familiar with in college. I just, oh man, it's just tough for me to say that the Bears should go out there and pay the big money that mm-hmm. he'd be asking for to bring him in. And then also, I think passing up the opportunity to, you know, get a quarterback of your own through the next draft, I think that'd be a mistake. Yeah. You know, I'm always kind of the type that you kind of want to bring in someone that it's really nice to bring draft a franchise quarterback where he automatically has that kind of like allegiance mm-hmm. to you. Quarterbacks that kind of hop around in the league, I mean, Peyton Manning maybe is the most recent success story, and he played a long time in Indianapolis before he decided to move. Quarterbacks that jump around just from system to system generally don't seem to have the greatest amount of success. So I guess that's why I would say I would, I'd be fine with the Bears passing on him. If they brought him in, I could justify it, but I don't think I'd be over the moon about it. Yeah, I, I definitely think that you hit it on the head there. Considering the strength of the class this in 2021 as far as quarterbacks go it's just it makes a lot more sense to go ahead and grab a guy in the draft even if you have to give up two first round picks I don't care there's two really solid generational talents in this upcoming draft with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields you have to land one of those guys the one exception I would make to this is if somehow the Bears go and you know make it to the NFC championship or something. And it's just completely out of range. I guess you can question if, you know, we would even need a quarterback at that point because we'll have Nick Foles. Um, but then you might make the, uh, you might be able to justify the signing of someone like a Dak Prescott because your draft pick is so low, kind of similar to Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. I think that Dak Prescott is going to have a ton of leverage because he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks to actually hit the market. Um, even with the, even when you look at this offseason, you know, Tom Brady is obviously a, a great, a great QB to hit the market, but he's older. Dak Prescott's young. Uh, he has an, he has a complete opportunity to, you know, improve and actually be with the franchise for a very long time. So in my opinion, I, I wouldn't like it, but I don't think it's a horrible scenario. I don't think it's a horrible scenario because I, th- I do think he is better than Trubisky. Uh, by a lot, actually, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a Dak Prescott fan. He's better than fan. Trubisky. Yeah, yeah. I'm not not the biggest Prescott fan either. He's definitely better than Trubisky. Like I said, I think it could be justified. Um, you know, there's probably a few scenarios where it makes more sense than others, but yeah, I mean, you really made a good point with just how good this quarterback class, and you can come in and bring someone and put the stamp on them and make them your own. I don't know. To me, I'm definitely I'm a huge guy. I buy in on potential. I love people mm-hmm. that have huge ceiling or like, you know, really high ceilings, even if, you know, there's a little bit of risk involved. So that's just my like personal belief towards it. Absolutely. And, you know, I think we talked about this extensively. I think even if Foles has a good season, the, the Bears should definitely draft a quarterback to at least develop behind him. But with that, we might as well move on to Ryan Pace, who <clears throat> he's been with the Bears now for... Jeez, it seems like yesterday we hired him, but he's really been with the Bears for, I think, five years, six years, five years. Yeah, I was about to say, I feel the opposite. I feel like this man's been here for, (laughs) like, 
a long time now. Really? A lot. I mean, especially compared to Phil Emery, though, because okay, Phil yeah. Emery was in and out. Yeah, he, he was. had like what two, three seasons. Absolutely. I mean, so uh, Ryan Pace has a little bit of a spotty record when it comes to draft and free agency, but ultimately, I think he's done a really good job. Before we get into the talk, I I want to read out some of his late round picks. Eddie Goldman, third round. Eddie Jackson, fourth round. David Montgomery, third round. Cody Whitehair, second round. Tariq Cohen, fourth round. Jordan Howard, fifth round. Adrian Amos, sixth round. James Daniels, seventh round. Anthony Miller, seventh round. Roy Robertson Harris, undrafted free agent. Bilal Nichols, fifth round. Nick Williams, undrafted free agent. And then Cameron Meredith, undrafted free agent. Um, and then he also has a lot of really good Free agency signings, including Akeem Hicks, Bobby Massey, Prince of Mukamara, Allen Robinson, Buster Scrine, um, and then obviously the trade for Khalil Mack. But he also has a ton of red flags. <laughs> he, he honestly has a, a ton in both directions. So Cody Parkey, number one, um, Trey Burton, Deion Sims, Mike Glennon, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Leonard Floyd, and then obviously Kevin White. How do you, how would you grade Ryan Pace's tenure with the Bears so far? Ooh, I think if I had to give him a grade on like an A to an F scale, I'd give him a, a solid B. I'd give him a solid mm-hmm. B. You know, I almost wanted to say B plus, but not quite. I think that he's bought he's brought in players that have the potential and are already carving out their legacy of being Bears legends, mm-hmm. which I think says a lot. You know, and Eddie Jackson, he brought in Khalil Mack. Um, you know, those are the two that jump out to me right away. I think it's clear that he's a lot better at picking up people from the defense, with the exception yeah. of you know Tariq Cohen bringing in Allen Robinson. Those have been two very big positives for the Bears in, in general speaking terms. I know Cohen took a step back, but I think you know with Cohen being a fourth round pick, that's been a great value. Absolutely, you know what you've gotten in return has been great. He's really good at finding players from smaller schools or deep in the draft. So it shows that he has a really good ability at, you know, evaluation. Mm-hmm. I think his internal scouting ability or whoever he has working as internal scouts, you know, that's lacking a little bit at times. I feel like some of these players, almost like Trey Burton, they almost seem to linger around for like a year or two, for too sure. long, you know. Um, so I, I think that he's had, he definitely has his knocks, you know, you know, drafting high, I know a lot of people say that it's kind of just like shooting crabs in like a bucket. You know, you don't really know exactly what you're going to do, um, you know, or shooting like fish in a barrel. It, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's the saying that it's like a roll of the dice. I think you can do better scouting is essentially what I'm saying. Yeah. So, you know, it's that's my biggest knock on him. You know, of course, Trubisky, I think every GM, maybe not every GM, but you know, missing it or whiffing on a quarterback, that happens. I mean, it, it can be tough to evaluate what their trajectory is going to be. I, I don't think that Pace should ever be fired purely off of Mitchell Trubisky. I think there's other accompanying factors to it. So I'd give him a solid B because I think that he's brought in some players that their legacies are going to be are going to be great, you know, in a Bears uniform. It, hopefully they stay with the team, you know. Yeah. So that's that's my outlook on it. So – Ryan Pace's GM tenure with the Bears is one of a lot of revisionist history, I believe. When you look at the Mitchell Trubisky pick, which is obviously the biggest glaring weakness uh, on his on his resume, 
it was a bad pick, but going back, if you would have put almost every other GM in the league in his position, they would have made the exact same pick. Maybe they wouldn't have traded up, but Mitchell Trubisky was vastly regarded as the top quarterback in that draft. Patrick Mahomes certainly was not regarded as the top quarterback. There were some, specifically with the media, the media really propped up Deshaun Watson. The media really liked Deshaun Watson in the same way that the media really liked Baker Mayfield. Mitchell Trubisky was, logically speaking and consensus speaking, the right pick there. Should he have been able to see you know, pass the consensus and go ahead and draft someone like a Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. You can argue that all day, right? But in reality, the Bears would have been mo- <clears throat> the Bears would have been mocked more for drafting Patrick Mahomes at that position than they would have for Mitchell Trubisky. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Not to cut you off, yeah. but I think that a lot of people would say that the first one would would have been Deshaun Watson before Tr- Mitchell Trubisky. I don't. I think it was a. I think not. In my opinion. And my like memory mm-hmm. of it, I think it was a solid Deshaun Watson at one, Trubisky at two, and I think everyone had had Mahomes at three. So I agree with you in part that the re- revisionist history, no one was going to mm-hmm. pick Mahomes as the first one at all. Well, I I just remember that every single the the big statement was that Mitchell Trubisky was really the only quarterback that had the traits you desired the big the no one was saying his play was bad or he didn't have the traits or whatever the big concern was which actually turned out to be the the right concern was that he played 13 games in college you know that was the Mm -hmm. that was the big knock on him i remember a lot of the media really propping up deshaun watson but from my memory at least how i remember is that mitchell trubisky was well let's be honest no one thought any of these quarterbacks should have went in the first round a lot of people were saying there wasn't a first-round quarterback in that draft. So there was obviously some inflation there. Um, but I, from what I remember, Mitchell Trubisky was a very – a lot of people believe that he was the top pick, and a lot of people didn't argue with the fact that the Bears went out for him. Um, ultimately, it obviously turned out very poorly. But when you look at the rest of his record, I think that Ryan Pace gets better as a GM every year. Like, I think that when you look back at his most recent complete draft, which was the 2018 draft, where it was Roquan Smith, James Daniels, Anthony Miller, and then also Bilal Nichols was in there, and also Javon Wims, right? You, yeah, I mean, that was that's a home run draft right yeah, there. Yeah, 100%. Great draft from the top down. And when you look at, when you look at the mold of Roquan Smith, over someone like a Kevin White. They're so different. Kevin White was more similar to uh, Leonard Floyd, where it was just like traits, guys. These guys are really good traits-wise. Roquan Smith was just a good football player. Sure, he had the traits. Sure, he he uh, he was he's an extreme athlete. But he most first and foremost, he was a great football football player. And yeah. I think Ryan Pace really learned from his first couple of drafts, and I think that. If you knock him based on those first three drafts, that's fine. But you should have fired him before then. His most recent, like his most recent drafts, have been very good, in my opinion. What what he's done since his failures has been has been strong. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's definitely made up for it. I think. Coming in, he was younger. He hadn't done anything at the GM capacity Still yet. Still the second youngest GM, I believe. 
Right, and he was just a scout for the Saints. He had a lot of good reputation. There's a lot of good things said about him, but he was he was kind of a dark horse pick. Not too many people anticipated him mm-hmm. becoming the Bears' GM. And I think it took him a couple of years to get to get used to it. But I, I do agree with the statement. I think there's that a he learning gotten curve. progressively better. Yeah, there's a learning curve from being a scout to a GM. I mean, what you have to take into consideration is, is massive. There's a lot mm-hmm. more pressure. There's a lot more things that you have to manage. I mean, that's why you're a general manager. You have to. He's really taking basically everything in the team into account. There's finances. There's long term. There's short term. Everything basically falls on him, as opposed to basically simply going out there and finding talent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was there was quite a bit of a learning curve for him. I think he's really starting to get the hang of it now. I think bringing up the 2018 draft is a good example of that. I think he's always brought in decent free agents that have filled in roles quite well. Um, you know, get, making that trade for Khalil Mack, you know. Home run. Especially when people were, you know, maybe a little bit more on the fence with him. That was a huge move. That was an absolutely huge move. And that's you have to be a little bit gutsy to do that. I know people still – there's always talk about did the Bears make a mistake, trade, <laughs> trade all that draft capital. The answer is no. Absolutely um, we've, not. We've gone over that pretty extensively. I mean – they brought in a Hall of Fame player, and you know the Raiders. Sure, maybe they got a couple of good things out of it, but that's whatever, you know. So, I, I think that he's done some major moves that have worked out really well. He's had his good drafts, he's had his bad drafts, but he's always brought in great value picks later on, and he's found some really, really great football players. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think honestly, I would like to see him retain. You know, even if the Bears do have a bad season, because I think that he can. He can learn from his past mistakes and build an even better Bears team. And I think the future future is bright as long as he can keep going out and doing what he's doing. You know, hopefully he realizes now, you know, the changes that he's made and and why the effects have had such positive results, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite yet on the football field, but, you know, sometimes it takes time for, for things to develop. So, I, you know, personally, yeah, I think that Ryan Pace is uh, – has started to develop into becoming a, a very probably one of the better GMs the Bears have ever had, especially when you look back to you know what the Bears have had in the past, where that you know you really just didn't see anything. The Bears weren't hitting on any draft no. picks yet alone, just at the top. So how quickly we forget where the Bears were at prior to Ryan Pace. You know when yeah. Ryan Pace came in, he had a complete clusterfuck of a team. The, the team was horrible. It had very little depth. It was below average at every single position. You know, it didn't have an identity. It had years of horrible drafting. It was aging. It was on the, it, it was on the fast track to being the new Browns, essentially. Ryan Pace did a great job. It took him, I mean, clearly he had, uh, he had a couple years where he had to, uh, he he had he had to make some uh, some transitions for us, you know. He had to rebuild this team. It took him a good five years. But this team now, it's got a ton of depth at almost every position. When you look at a team and you say the only position that's out of whack here is the quarterback, that you know that's a sign of a pretty good GM. Sure, he missed on the quarterback, but quarterbacks. I mean, you look back at the first round quarterbacks in the past twenty years more fail than 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 hit and sure it's his fault for not making the right evaluation i would argue that it's more of his fault that he didn't wait an extra year to draft a quarterback but 
you know, he he's a uh, he's a good GM. He's a really good GM. I'm I'm very happy with Ryan Pace. I think that the biggest concern needs to be is he going to make the right decision for us in 2021 as to who to draft. That's that's the biggest thing. Does he have it in him to make the right decision of who we're going to draft in 2021? And so far, I mean, you look at his previous draft record, right? He drafted guys in his first three years, like Hironis Grasso, uh, a trades guy, Kevin White, a trades guy, Adam Shaheen, huge trades guy. All of, a lot of his signings were really, or a lot of his early on draft picks were a lot of guys that had good scouting trades. And then it, when you look at the 2018 season, I think that was the flipping point. You take Roquan Smith, great football player from a great program. Take Anthony Miller, absolutely great football player. Maybe didn't have all the traits, but a really good football player. Very productive in college, right? James Daniels, he was more of a traits guy, but still someone who showed a lot of technical excellence, right? Bilal Nichols, technical excellence, also more of a traits guy. He's really changed the way he drafts. David Montgomery, great football player. Maybe didn't have all, all the traits, but great football player, built like a number one running back. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I think, think he's gotten a lot better. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, one of the, I think the best way to kind of like sum this up, because I, I think we've hit it pretty well on the head, and, and this is kind of just reassuring your point. I think in the beginning, he was just overthinking a little bit, yeah. you know? He, he was, was thinking like to, a scout. Yeah, he was trying to find the diamonds in the rough all the time, you know, instead of making the easy pick. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the easy pick is the right pick, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. Sometimes what jumps out at you and seems like, yeah, this is exactly what I should do. You know, people think, oh, maybe it's too good to be true. No, it's just the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I think he he's, he's corrected himself, like you said, and that's where we kind of are today. And as far as 2021 comes, we're just going to have to see if he continues to stay with that trajectory, and we're just going to have to wait and see. But I, I, think, I think we've hit it, you know, pretty pretty right on you know i have to say that i'm a little bummed out that we were robbed a lot of people don't remember this but in the 2017 draft there was a lot of questions as to both safety positions adrian amos was a cut candidate that year until he kind of uh was able to really pull himself up and become the you know pretty good player that he is today um i'm upset that we were robbed of a jamal adams eddie jackson safety pairing because everyone was telling the base draft jamal adams that would have been crazy. Imagine this team with Definitely. Jamal Adams. Yeah, I mean, we already have a crazy enough defense as is, but if that was the pairing right there in the back, I'm excited for Sean Gibson, but mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Sorry to him. I, you know, with Jamal Adams, that'd be even even crazier. Yeah, definitely uh, a very memorable one. And the other thing that I have to say is that I don't think that there's many ca- good candidates to replace um, Ryan Pace. Obviously, it's kind of it's really difficult to discern what's a good candidate uh, for a GM position. But two names I just want to throw out there is Ed Dodds, uh, a guy who has four D's in eight letters in his name. Kind of interesting. <laughs> um, but he was he's the assistant GM for the Colts. He was previously with the Super Bowl Seahawks. And then Adam Peters, who... I think would be the best to actually take over the position if we do decide to make a move. He's a VP of player personnel with the 49ers. Uh, he was also previous previously with the Broncos Super Bowl team. So two two guys with really good records and really 
you know, as an outsider, that's all I can really discern from who's a good candidate and who's not. Obviously, interviews are a huge aspect of that as well. Yeah, that sounds right to me. And, and, you know, all our listeners, you're only getting this kind of content on this podcast. You know, we're picking out names that, man, honestly, I think even NFL experts have a tough time of uh, figuring out who would be a good GM candidate. But you're hearing it here first. And yeah, also breaking down a number of letters in their names, <laughs> including the number of Ds. So Very important. That's very very important all right so we're gonna move on to the final segment then i think we both you know just to sum it up i think we both have a positive outlook i think that Nagy and pace are going to be the quarterback and or, sorry not quarterback jesus the coat <laughs> may i mean maybe maybe if Foles doesn't work out Nagy's just gonna step in there himself <laughs> you never know but i think that pace and Nagy are going to be uh the gm and uh head coach for a while. I, I, I have confidence in them. I think that Nagy's going to show enough this year that it's going to carry him on. And I think Ryan Pace had a really good draft class this year that's really going to also help bolster his resume going into next season. But moving on, before we let you guys go, uh, we just want to throw in one extra segment about the two things that we are most excited for uh, this season. Reese, you want to go ahead and throw out your first one? Okay, so number one, I'm going with the obvious one, which is the quarterback competition. I think that's going to be absolutely thrilling to watch. Um, you know, I'm just interested to see how the Chicago media and everything, how this all works out, you know, who gets the upper hand, you know, I feel like it's going to be Nick Foles at starting the season, but it's honestly hard to tell. I feel like mm-hmm. honestly the Bears fan base is pretty split in half as to who they actually think is going to be the starting quarterback at the start of the season. So I'm very interested to see how that plays out. And my second one, Roquan Smith. Oh, I yeah. think this is his like huge breakout year. Um, I'm really excited to see what he all does pro? in this defense. At all pro. I think that you know he could have a very, very strong year. I like what I've seen from him in the past couple of years. Honestly, I think that he is kind of forgotten in this defense sometimes, but he really is very crucial. And we talked a lot about how just Danny Trevathan is so good that we don't necessarily get to see Roquan mm-hmm. Smith shine all the time. But I think we're going to see a lot more from him this year, so I'm excited to see how he can produce with all this talent on the defense. I saw a really interesting statistic about Roquan Smith um, the other day. He had the second lowest missed tackle percentage in the NFL at 3.5%, which is kind of incredible when you think that no one really has talked about him that much. I do think that he's kind of hidden by Danny Trevathan. Um and then also, I believe that he had one of the best coverage ratings for inside linebackers last season. So he's obviously someone who's on the come up. He's just it's he's just so buried. And I think that once Danny Trevathan finally decides to retire or, or leave the Bears, we're really going to see Roquan Smith come into his own and become an absolute stud. But hey, you know, maybe he could just hold off to do that until after his rookie contract because getting him <laughs> on a good deal would be great for us. Um, but as far as my, the things, two things I'm most excited for, first off, finally having a quarterback that I think that we could actually uh, judge Nagy off of and judge pace off of. I think that Nick Foles, say what you want about him, but he is someone that knows the system. He's someone who's won a Super Bowl. And uh, he's someone who, once you get to the playoffs, is a, is a very interesting candidate because he plays his best when the spotlight is on him. Uh, and that's, that's what I like about Nick Foles. And with that in mind, the second thing that I'm most excited for is the playoffs. 
I, 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 I'm, I'm excited for the playoffs. I absolutely believe that the Bears are going to make the playoffs. And I think that Nick Foles is going to make us a very interesting candidate. The only exception to this prediction uh, is that, you know, maybe Nick Foles gets injured, which would really suck for us. But I'm, I'm really excited for the playoffs this next coming season because I think that the Bears are going to actually be in a position to really make some noise. Yeah, I like the ambition, you know. You came out here, came out there and said it. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the season plays out. I'm not ready necessarily to say that they'll be in the playoffs. I think it's pretty likely, though. I'm not ready to say that they're a shoe-in, but I like the confidence. I think that Nick Foles is going to have a, a pretty big impact. I think I've touched on this a lot in just opening up the playbook. You know, he's a quarterback that's not only going to help the passing game for this team, but it's going to help their running game in a multitude of ways. You know, not with his own feet, though. I mean, I don't <laughs> expect to see that too much. Me neither. But in opening up, you know, holes for uh, Montgomery and setting up those play action and really just expanding the playbook, which hopefully, I think, you know, with the Bears offense that can produce to that extent and with that defense and with the special teams, which has kind of been – a question mark the past few years. I don't think we've ever seen anything great. We've mm-hmm. seen some bad things. We've seen some all right things. I think with all that taken into account, <laughs> I would confidently say that the Bears have a good chance at being a playoff team. So I'm with you. Yeah. Somewhat. The third thing I'm most excited for is winning the Super Bowl. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But thank you guys so much for joining the episode you guys have been doing a great job please if you haven't leave us a rating and review in the bottom of apple Podcasts. that really helps us out that really helps promote us just you know it just takes a couple seconds write what you like about the podcast what you'd like to see more of and then submit it just having all those written reviews not only helps us produce better content for you guys um, but it also just helps our ratings and help us grow um, which just is even more motivation and will long term allow us to get better equipment and just improve the podcast time after time again. We have a lot of ambitions for this podcast. I know coming up, we're actually going to be having some guests on the podcast. One guest that's going to be joining us is Foz Sports. Uh, He's a YouTuber. He's got 13.1K on YouTube. He does a great job over there. So in the next coming weeks, he's going to be joining the podcast, talking about a segment that that we're going to call We're Livid, which is just all about the horrible takes on the Bears that we've been seeing this offseason. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited for where this is going to go, Reese. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's just kind of getting uh, more, more and more fun for us to, to be doing these, you know, which I didn't really think was necessarily possible, but, you know, with increased support, it just makes uh, us even more and more motivated to come out here and provide more content for y'all and come out with different topics, which we've kind of had to get creative with, but I think it's kind of led to some good discussion and us to really think a lot deeper about this team than we initially would have. So I uh, really have been enjoying, you know, recording recently and appreciating all the support as always from all our listeners and hoping you all are staying safe and enjoying our podcast, of course. Thank you so much, guys, and be sure to tune into our next episode as well. Thank you.